Once again, we're uh, here on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry, and uh, I like that. And uh, you're on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. And we're also streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au. I'd like to pay respect to and acknowledge the Gulagin people who are the custodians of the land we're on today, as well as the Gedabanud who are along the coast. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and future. Morning, Eddie. Good morning, Greg. Here we go. It's a bit cool. We've got the heater going on in here. Yeah, it's cool outside. It's quite blowy. And I looked at it and it said something like, 12 degrees but feels like four <laughs> everyone's shimmering anyway look we're going to be talking about homelessness today and our guest has very freshly arrived and that is rebecca callahan and she's from the barwon southwest homelessness network where she is the homelessness network coordinator good day rebecca hi how are you greg hi doina mm. it's a very long job title isn't it it is it's mm. great though mm. we're going to find out we'll see we don't want to talk about the job, we won't, I won't say it too many times then, okay? Fair enough, because people might um, not off at home. So will I just say, what do you do? I won't ask, That's what does idea. one of them do? <laughs> well, no, I want to know, what the, what is the network all about? What's a homelessness network, the whole thing about? Sure. So the, um, there's nine of these positions across the state, and the homelessness networker's role is to support the agencies that are funded through the specialist homelessness sector program and the family violence programs so if you like part of the role is to support agencies with their operations around what they do in responding to people who are experiencing homelessness and for um, women who are experiencing family violence and part of my role is to help them with their um, their work around how they communicate to each other with the agencies and also to to do structural um, advocacy to local mm -hmm. government and state government and federal government in relation to the fact that um, housing services are so needed as well as um, greater support for people to be able to access housing when when required. Okay, now with the, I'm going to pick up on the family violence aspect of it too because I've just sent a um, an email off to uh, Lisa Hill. Do you, you know Lisa? She's a police officer here in Adelaide. In, in Adelaide, in Colac, God help us. I've really gone east of, east of Geelong, haven't I? The, in uh, Colac, um, and she works in family violence, and we're going to be looking at, um, at promoting family, or talking about family violence, uh -huh. not promoting it. <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? We're going to be talking about family violence a little bit later on um, in the month, mm -hmm. and then you'd be involved there for it. Is there um, a prevention of family violence in that month in here in Late October, November in Colac. Yeah, there there is. I'm not sure of any particular events here in Colac no. for the um, twelve days of action. Is yeah, it's yeah. twelve days of action and leading up to this White Ribbon Day at the end of the month and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, White Ribbon Day is more around um, men being men advocates being standing up, to yeah. standing up to men who use violence. Yeah, that's but within the family violence agencies and service system. The, ten day, uh, the 11 days of action is um, for women's agencies, if you like, and the women that they're supporting, victim survivors. The Reclaim the Night stuff and all yeah. that. Can we keep in contact about that? Here we are. We're going off on a bit of an aside, <laughs> but no, it's an integral part of why we end, we end up with homeless. If we can keep in contact on that. Yeah. And I actually also, think that yeah. there might be somebody that um, is probably better placed for Colac to talk about that than myself. Yeah. Um, so I can put you in contact with 
her later if you like. Well, that's what the whole thing's about. You know, yeah. you know the programs Community Connect, mm. and we need to make all these network connections ourselves. Mm. Um, and if you can facilitate that, I mean, it's just a benefit of all. Uh-huh. But with the homelessness side, well, what do you do as a, as a coordinator then? You've got all these agencies you've mentioned. Mm. But, um, yeah, what do you do in regard to all of that? Sure. Um, so, if you like, there's two different regions. And the first region, Barwon region, is literally from sort of Lara around to um, Pyrenelic. And... There, that's as far as a departmental region's concerned, DHHS. And there's another region that starts from Pyrenelic to the border, which is the southwest region. So that would cover sort of Hamilton, Portland, Warrnambool, and back this way. So in each one of those regions, there's something called a, um, a local services network. So there's representatives from each of the homelessness agencies and the family violence services that meet talk about how they can be working better together, um, referral processes, eligibility, those sorts of things. And part of my role is to attend um, conferences and make linkages around um, different models or initiatives um, that might be happening in relation to housing and homelessness. Um, So I suppose one of the things is around community awareness and awareness raising and um, providing information to people around who to contact and the linkages if they are experiencing housing stress. Mm-hmm. So if you like, for the service system, there's what's called an entry point in each one of the regions. So for the Barwon region, that's called Salvo Connect. Salvo Connect um, worker comes to Colac one day a week, and that's from the Bromfield Street site um, between 10 and uh, 3.30. And she on average sees around 10 to 15 people um, in that short amount of time. So there is clearly a dire need, particularly in Colac and I guess in the Otway regions. I'm not sure how far people travel to be able to speak to somebody. And the types of things that an entry point or Salvo Connect can assist with. Homelessness, like lots of things, is the world of acronyms. So there's something called HEF which is Housing Establishment Fund. And with that, if somebody was looking, say, to needing assistance with four weeks' rent in advance to move into a private rental property, then they can talk to Salvos Connect about potentially making um, an application to get some financial assistance for that. Um, And should somebody literally have nowhere to stay that night, that same HEF money, Housing Establishment Fund money, can be used... um, to be able to provide some financial assistance for somebody to stay perhaps in a motel for a couple of nights. Um, And one of the challenges about that and the eligibility for that is that there isn't enough houses. Mm. So as far as when I say houses, the homeless sort of system used to be about if somebody's in crisis, they can contact an access point. And there's crisis properties that might be available for, say, two weeks. And then you linked in with a worker who can assist you into something that's called transitional housing, which you can stay in for three to six months. And then usually what would happen is that that worker that's assisting you would help you with um, a public housing application. Uh, that, in over the last decade, there's been an actual reduction in the number of public housing that is available 
in the whole of the Barwon Southwest region, so it's becoming less, and the demand is exponentially not meeting what people require. Mm. Um, so it's a challenge for people to, one, um, be contacting a homeless agency like Salvos Connect that I mentioned, only to learn that they're not able to assist them with immediate housing or that the housing option that they have is two nights in a motel and then when they've accessed that money, you're unable to access it again for six months because of the sheer demand that's been placed on services in the service system. You said that it's dire here in the Kylak area, um, yet we've got statistics and it's on one of the your letters. It's, I think it's 62 in, uh, were numbered in the two, 2016 statistics, ABS statistic, statistics. Sure, yep. Um, um, for the Kylak and District, mm. Is that a huge number for a population such as here? Yeah, well, it's curious, Greg, because um, when uh, it's the first time that data's been available from the Australian Bureau of Statistics to compare the census data from 2011 with the census data for 2016. So it's literally only one night um, of the year where that data is collected. And there's all sorts of reasons why people um, may not be reflecting their accurate their circumstances accurately on that night. Um, so I guess one of those things of the definition of being homeless is not having any secure form of tenure, tenure being, um, you know, a lease on a house or um, something that uh, you know is safe and secure. Um, so the biggest statistic for that on that census night is, um, well, not the biggest one, but one of the, the variants is overcrowding. So um, there might be people, especially I would say uh, women with children would try to stay within family supports and networks before approaching a homelessness agency, often because of the fear around what to expect and she will do the best that she can to be able to keep her children safe. So it might mean that there's two or three adults in the one house and f ten kids. So, so it's overcrowding basically. Yeah. Um, so that one particular night at 65 in Colac is probably um, an underestimate of what it actually is um, because there is people that it might be sleeping, especially young people um, couch surfing. Yeah. Couch surfing. Well, so here we need to really go through all of the types of homelessness now because people mm -hmm. don't understand the different levels. So are you going to do that for us? I can, yeah. Please, I think that would be a good idea because um, people don't necessarily go couch surfing the awareness of that is something that I don't think the general population has. So that being homeless is yeah. quite typical. Yep. So what else do we have that is, you know, categorised as homeless? I Sorry. think people also think, well, <clears throat> let's just put them in somewhere. Put them in, find home, put them in. But, but there's more to it than that too. Yeah, that you mean just it's into a mental, house? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the mental, you could have mental a home. health and, yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. Surrounding a person. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I suppose if I literally read from what the Australian Bureau of Statistics definition of homelessness is, that's probably a pretty good way to start. Mm. Um, so it's people living in impoverished dwellings, like tents or sleeping out, and that's the sort of public perception around what is homelessness, is the visible idea, and it's a stereotype idea, of mm. older man, drug and alcohol issues, mental health on the street, 
and it actually only makes up about 6% of the homelessness statistics. And yet that's the, the, the vision, the images we get yeah. in front of the media. They're the ones that they put in front of us from outside Flinders Street or yeah. somewhere in Melbourne, which they typify as being it. So it's 6%? Yes, 6%. Yeah, okay. mm. and, um, and the media portrayal around what it, what it means skews the idea around who it is. Mm. Um, so if you don't see yourself represented... And in fact, the images that are there of somebody with you know, a hood that's slumped over and with a sign saying, help me, I'm homeless, um, is, you know, desperate situations that lead people to, to doing that. Um, but it's also, it's really dangerous to be able to sleep on the street and the level of violence that people experience is um, quite shocking to be able to hear stories. Um, but it's by no means the, the overall um, number, as we were saying, at that about six percent but the images and the portrayal that go with um only reinforces the stigma and the stereotypes mm. and the discrimination of treating people who are experiencing homelessness as the other and it's you know not 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 me that couldn't possibly happen and therefore that does that stop the people from standing up and saying well you know stepping up and getting the services they need because or admitting to being homeless because you know, there are 94% of people, or the other 94% of the homeless, you're saying that there are more than that. Are they not putting their hand up for services? Are they, they're running away? Or what are they doing? Yeah. That's a problem. Well, it is a problem. And I suppose um, nobody likes to be in a position where um, they're needing to rely on welfare, if you like, um, or when you are in um, a situation of need or crisis and you contact, say, a Salvos Connect and they say, I'm sorry, I'm not able to help you, then the message that you're getting is that the homeless service system has challenges and is broken, mm. and if they can't help me, who will help me? Um, so it only just reinforces at those critical times in people's lives that there isn't much help out there. But the public housing waiting list um, is uh, shocking, um, how many people that are on it. So for the Barwon area, there is, um, and you need to have assistance from a homelessness agency to put in something that's called a priority housing application, which takes you to higher up on the list, if you like. There's 2,000 people waiting on a one-bedroom property in the Barwon region. 2,000? 2,000, and they're the ones on the priority housing wait list. Is that 2,000 individuals or 2,000 maybe couples or...? No, for, so for single, for single. single property, and that's around their eligibility. So there's 2,000 single people. Single people. Looking for a single unit house. Mm. And what happened um, you know, post-war, the stock was for soldier settlement stock. Um, and it had the idea around the concept of family being mum, dad, and three kids. So three bedroom properties. Um, and the state hasn't kept up to speed with providing housing as a human right for people when they need it and that stock's not there yeah. um, and those figures are comparable to the inner west of Melbourne um, which has the same level of wait list but Flemington, Ascot Vale and the like which probably mm -hmm. has ten times as many the population okay. um, so it absolutely is dire and there's no um, other form of housing that has safety and security mm. of tenure like public housing that it's 25 percent of your income regardless of what you earn um over your lifetime and if your circumstances change you still have security of tenure 
So there are other housing options um, that have been around for the last sort of 10 years called community housing providers. They work on a similar level of eligibility criteria, but they can't keep pace with, um, and nor are they as available in rural areas like Colac um, to be able to access. Mm. Well, Robert, we've got through, there's the living rough and then the uh, couch surfers. What are the other types that are of, of homeless then? Because yeah, sure. I, I interrupted you because there are so many things to <laughs> talk about. It's there like, are, yeah. We're going to go sideways all the way yep, through. so that's fine. I'll go back to Greg and, and the, that's Thanks ABS definition. So the yep. people living in impoverished dwellings, tents are sleeping out, or people in supported accommodation for the homeless. So that's that language that I was talking about before is the crisis properties or transitional properties. Um, people staying temporarily in other households is the overcrowding. Uh, people living in boarding houses. There aren't any um, official boarding houses in the Barwon region. There's a few um, private and mm-hmm. some could argue for profit that um, aren't being monitored and are not registered. Um, I'm aware of a few of those, to be honest. Are you? Yeah. yeah or a few. I know a couple of them, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, they pop up... Um, because people see it as an opportunity to be able to make money off the most vulnerable, which is a challenge when people are so vulnerable and there aren't other options for them. Yeah, but then see, some people will say they're being, you know, I mean, they're taking advantage, but at least they're providing a service. I mean, and that to me, it's a bit of a, a, you know, you're between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? Absolutely, and that's what a lot of the housing agencies say is that we don't have, literally don't have anywhere else to send people. But um, boarding houses can be in an environment where a variety of people might come with different life circumstances, including exiting prison, mm. surviving violence, exiting psychiatric institutions. So into an environment that's not regulated or monitored. And somebody might be paying $150 a week for a room where there's a shared bathroom, there's no shared living area, it creates challenges for the best of people living in an overcrowded situation mm. at the best of times. Um, and, you know, $150 a week, and if you're on Newstart, that leaves you with $100. Not right, is it? No, it's not right. Anyway, what else have we got? Oh, I must finish that definition. You asked me to. Yeah, And then we're going to have a little break, because I think we've got a sure. lot we've got to absorb. Um, Yep, so it's people in other temporary lodgings and people living um, in insecure dwellings. Um, So that's the the sort of ABS definition of homelessness and, yeah, we could keep talking about the different types. And it's people that um, actually rent that can't afford electricity or whatever. Yeah, we've come across or that. Use that, that electricity and can't afford their food, and we've we've come across that. Mm. So instead of because they're paying um, half of their wage or whatever it is, or half their stuff, turn keep the electricity off. You don't have your TV going or the gas running for heat. Mm. Wrap up in blankets, sit in the dark, and yeah. and go out for food somewhere because they can't afford to buy it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Spend your day in the library. A lot of people, a lot of the homeless do do that. I know, I've known that and because they've got a warm place to be and yeah. they've got newspapers. And, and it's safe. It's safe. Yeah. We need to talk about what services about, whether there's food and that around, around Colac at some stage. I don't know what we're going to be doing there, are we? Have you got anything ha- happening in Colac for 
Mm. I don't know that I'm probably best placed to talk to it, but I can tell you the little bits that I know. All right, um, we'll come back. Good. We're going to listen to... I haven't played an iPod here before, so it should work out pretty well because you've got a track you're going to give us. Um, and I'm not sure what it is you've got going, but you've got something going at the moment. You're going to pick one out for us? I have. It's Al Green, um, next to you. Righto. Well, if you put it on pause, I've got it already queued up here. So if you've got that at the beginning, I'll be able to get that going once we go have our little spiel here about where we are. And we're on Community Connect with Greg and Edwina McHenry on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we are streaming live at all the W's OCRFM.org.au. We have Rebecca Callahan in here with us today, and she is from Barwon South West Homelessness Network. And Edwina is in here with a big smile on her face now. We're going to have a little break and we'll be back with you after this track from Al Green. Well, that was Al Green and uh, we're back here with Rebecca Callahan, who is uh, no relation to that dirty Harry, are you? <laughs> no, but I have a nephew <laughs> called Harry. Oh, you haven't. I have. I just thought I'm stupid. <laughs> um, Rebecca's from the Homeless Network, or she's the Homeless Network Coordinator, and we've learned a fair bit about that, and we've learned a fair bit about what homelessness is, haven't we, Edwin? We when sure I said have. It, I pronounced it good. You did. That's all right. We've been through reasons why I have difficulty with some words with a lot of S's in it, but we won't go there. <laughs> The network's a network of agencies in Barwon South West region, and it covers a huge area too, Rebecca. You, mm. you sort of got us all worked out, and the agency. But um, we know now know what homelessness is, but who are they? And do you think we've got them all captured? Do you think people put their hand up for the services that are available they should, or does the pride stop some people, do you think, sometimes? Uh, I don't I don't know, but it's a good question. I suppose um, there could be a whole lot of things happening, and one of them might be that people don't, aren't aware of where to go at what time. Um, and if they are aware of where to go, they're not aware of what to ask for around what's available. Um, and, yeah, I guess there's um, it can be a challenge if you can't afford to meet your basic needs to be able to out ask for help and I suppose the way that I think about that is something like New Start Allowance has not increased in 25 years that it's $250 a week and the cost of living has gone up a great deal in 25 years mm. and that living wage if you like it's not a livable wage for many people um, so there's all sorts of requirements that people have to meet in relation to sort of Centrelink requirements and those types of things that it can be a challenge then to be contacting agencies to be able to meet your basic needs when the state's not providing to a decent wage for you to be able to do that. Um, and just sort of changing it a little bit is that it's possible for, for governments to be able to do things differently. I attended a conference recently, um, Australian Housing and Urban Institute Conference, but the National Homelessness Conference, and there was a visiting, I won't do his name justice, but his first name was Jan, uh, from Finland, and Finland has eradicated homelessness. And they did that by um, building houses and not having people, um, and having a housing first model, it's called. So you have the house regardless of whether you've got other life challenges going on, like um, mental illness or 
drug and alcohol addiction um, or you know trauma in your life you get the housing first and you've got security of tenure um, it can't be taken away from you and there's um, social workers that act like the people that are coming around to collect the rent so you can actually be referred into agencies if you need to or you've got some social support and the other thing that they did was increase people's um, living wage so give people enough money to be able to live buy the things that they need so they don't have to be dependent upon services and I guess if there's the political will and the motivation um, in that instance, I mean, Australia's had three decades of, of growth. How is it that we're not providing housing for homeless people, but we're providing tax cuts for people who are in the higher income brackets? Um, I just don't think that those things really reconcile. So if people had an adequate access to decent housing and to decent income, I don't know that they would need to be contacting services for a response. We've seen it, excuse me, where um, affordable housing is being put up in areas and the people in the surrounding district or the close location to it jack up about the affordable housing being put in their area. Yeah. Um, they're the same sort of people who would also say to you, Rebecca, that uh, by giving people more money from the government, you're creating a, a society of um, people who aren't prepared to get off their bums and do stuff. Yeah, well, that can be community attitudes. Um, well, don't, I, I see that from day to day, that there is quite an attitude of that in some in instances, in a lot of instances. Mm. The, the people that are putting up signs about that sort of housing don't understand who, who could be homeless. And they think it's the people lying on the street with their swag or... Um, they don't, they don't think it could be a married couple that have to sell their home because someone's lost their job and they've got children. You know, they just look at the people lying on the street. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a thing, um, what's the acronym? Um, NIMBY, not in my backyard. Yeah. Um, and I think that I agree with you, Edwina, that there's part of that is around who is homeless and, mm. and what are they experiencing and what might that mean? So the majority of people who experience homelessness are children under the age of 25. I got that statistic out of your email and I was gobsmacked by that. Now, I've got it here actually. That it's uh, yeah, of the 39% of the Victorians counted as homeless on census night, and this is 2016, were under the age of 25 years. That's 9,742 young people with no home. Mm. But that wouldn't be all of them under the under what we've talked about. That would only be the snapshot on that day. Absolutely. But they wouldn't have caught the whole lot of them, so it's a higher percentage than that anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's horrifying. It is. And um, the reason that um, you know, <coughs> the challenges talked about before in accessing a homeless service, so not everybody does, but that's where this information comes from when they are able to access a service, is that um, the majority are experiencing family violence. So it's women who are leaving men with their children in order to be able to have a safe home that if somebody's saying, not in my backyard, then it could be anybody because family violence doesn't just affect one level of socioeconomic status, it's across all and across all um, backgrounds, religions, experiences and cultures. 
Um, so there's a lot of work to be done to smash those myths around yeah. not in my backyard um, because it could happen to anybody. And your point, Edwina, in relation to that housing stress and housing stress is defined as paying more than 30% of your household income towards your your housing costs. So either that's in private rental or or other. And as you're saying about people prioritising making their rent might mean that they're not paying their electricity bills and mm. they're not um, able to buy the food that they'd like to and they're going to feed their children before they'll feed them themselves. themselves yeah. um, that a great deal of work could be done to be able to um, encourage people to have conversations about who are those that are in housing stress because I think so there's something that's in the, the homelessness report um, that was developed for Homelessness Week that we were quoting from. Um, talks about that two out of five people are experiencing housing stress in Victoria. Um, so there's something like for 50% of us, we're five uh, paychecks away or Centrelink payments away um, from housing stress in not being able to meet our mortgage payments or our rent mm. payments. That's the thing I find it when we when I was your our age, Ed, we were 17, 18% was the, um, the interest rate we were paying on loans way back. Mm. And now you've got people, it's one and a half percent, they're taking a, a sigh of relief when it, um, was it only yesterday or the day before that the uh, interest rate didn't get increased at all mm. because if it goes up minimally and it yeah. affects them at $50 a month mm. or $50 a week, yep. it's a huge amount of money because their budget is so tight. Absolutely. So once again, we, we've had, the, it was a Westpac refined a pittance really with some millions of dollars on their underestimation of what people were mm. able to get for loans mm. they've been made well it's like five bob to us yeah. compared to what they paid but they're being made accountable to it but we need to have people accountable to themselves too to be real in what their expectations are mm. do you think Rebecca? Oh well, it's an interesting conversation to have because um, if you're unable to access something that's affordable what do you do? If you're unable to um, say for example, the homelessness agencies talked to me about, in Geelong in particular, with the housing development from um, Geelong through to Torquay, but mostly around Armstrong Creek and Mount Deneed, mm -hmm. that there's been a great deal of land that's been released and people are building house and land packages and then they're being rented out for, say, $400 a week. If somebody loses their part-time job, their car breaks down, um, they have an ex a bill that they hadn't planned for, then suddenly you can't make your rent payments and you're having a notice to vacate. And where do you go then? So one thing I think that, yes, banks are, um, are culpable in lots of ways for offering loans to people that may not be able to afford it. Um, and if it's just a interest-based loan, mm. then it can be, if your income's changing or you have an unexpected bill, it can stop you from being able to make your mortgage payments but what's the alternative I guess if people are being consistently and recurrently made um, homeless or needing to move out of private rental to another property um, that's if they're able to access it um, which you know there's lots of women with kids that is discriminated against when they're going for properties mm. it's not unusual for um, people to apply for 50 60 properties and not even been told why they were rejected for their application mm. because people who are in full-time work are preferred. Um, 
than those on lower incomes, which is a bit more of what could be done because there's no more likely way for a landlord to ensure that their rent's going to be paid than to have, say, a single mum with a couple of kids because those kids will go to school for five years, so it's guaranteed income and recurrent income. The property won't be vacant, won't need to be advertised, won't need to... Um, you know, all of those types of things. So it's just a way, I don't know how you actually change community attitudes and start to question people's idea of, of how things happen. Um, that's about education, really. It's education. It? You're talking about it. Yeah. You've got to keep the conversation going. Mm. Yeah. Because a lot of people aren't prepared to talk about it. I think one of the things, that, and I think we mentioned, or I mentioned in the break, is that a lot of people don't put their hand up for, because of pride. Or fear of you know what what are people going to think about me? Yeah, um, I know a bloke. There's a bloke I've seen in, I know in, around uh, our area who's still got his Mercedes, but he goes and gets food at the food pantry at the uh, the church in Geelong. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the use of him selling him his Mercedes and getting rid of that? Because he'd only have to buy another one if things pick up. And if he doesn't have a car, hmm. he can well he can sell it. But he mm-hmm. you know you, you're in a real real dilemma there as to what to do there but he gets people look at him when he goes to get food but he's he's swallowing his pride for the time being and said i need help let's go for it Mm. and And, and so he puts his mm. hand up and Mm. that's about not being not making judges judging people that is though because people do make judgments don't Mm. they people are generally judgmental Mm. don't you think i think Mm. a lot of people are We'll have another little break now on that note, and you're going to give us another track of some sort. And you'll, I am. And you'll note this time when we now got to work out, you're the DJ. Uh, okay. I, I'm just the uh, I'm just the whatever. The button pusher. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so this track is um, by Amy Winehouse. Back to black. Back to black, and you're going to put that on pause and have it ready to rock and roll. When I say ready, said go. I shall. We're, we're, what we're doing today is that's Rebecca Callahan going to be our DJ um, with a. Amy Winehouse, a girl who died very, very young. Um, but you're on Community Connect with Greg and Ed Wiener and you're on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. It's coming up to 39 minutes past 11 or 21 minutes to 12, whichever way you want to look at it. We are streaming live at all the W's OCRFM.org.au and we are going to be podcasting this program and you'll be able to find that on the website there or if you do Community Connect, Google it or whatever they do and you'll be able to find us. But we're going to have this little break and we'll be back with you shortly. Ready, set, go. <laughs> That's Amy Winehouse and uh, we sort of got carried away having a bit of a chat there. It was a, <laughs> a shorter track than we thought. Welcome back to Community Connect with Greg and Wiener and Rebecca where you're on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. Where we're also streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au. Yeah, Rebecca Callahan's in here, and she's from the Bow and South West Homelessness Network, and she's their coordinator. We're going to be giving out some phone numbers and that in our conversation during the break. We talked about how people who are homeless, they need to be able to get their tucker from somewhere other, and we're not too sure about that, so... We don't want to be giving out information, but I'm hoping that and if there is someone out there who's listening, would like to give us a call and tell us where we can go and get a feed or pick up a parcel, it would be much appreciated. I know that um, there are a lot of people out there prepared to help. So, 
I think some cafes, uh, people can donate extra money and pay it forward for a coffee or a meal. And I wonder if that happens. We're new to Colac, so, you know, we wonder if that happens anywhere. What do you mean pay it forward, Ed? Pay it forward. Well, if you buy a coffee, you also donate the price of a coffee for someone that might be struggling on whatever with things and they can go in and say do you pay it forward with coffees I'd love a coffee or with a meal there's something that we might have to talk about that we'll have to get that um, yeah hmm. the, oh, the number you were thinking about that you just mentioned um, Greg so it's a statewide number and it's a 1800 number um, so if anybody that's in the Colac Otway region was needing support from um, the adult access point um, that's above the age of 25 is um, 1-800-825-955 and um, the number directly in Geelong uh, for Selvos Connect and that's where if anybody that was in Colac that was wanting to meet the worker at Selvos Connect in Bromfield Street would need to first call the Geelong number to be able to set up a time for that um, our appointment on a Monday would be five two two three nine two two zero, and that's the Salvation Army Salvo Connect. Um, if there is uh, young people or you know of young people, the agency to contact is again locally uh, for young people is Bowen Child and Youth and Families, um, and they um, also have the number to call in Geelong to be able to set up times for then meeting with young people here um, is 52314740. So 52314740 for youth. So BCYF works with um, young people as young as 10, 10 to 25, um, to be able to offer support for um, housing options and assistance with, um, you know, say, as we were speaking about before, if somebody was couch surfing. Okay, now the one you stayed in the middle one. Middle one. Um, 5223-9220 is the number to Salvos Connect directly in Geelong to make a time for the Colac service on a Monday. Okay, well, we'll, I'll put those in the blog for the, um, the podcast, but we'll give them out once more because uh, people may want to put them down. And it's not just uh, not just if you're homeless, if you know of someone who looks as though they are in need of a bit of a help, it's always good to talk. And I think one, if your conversations are there mm. or if people say they're getting themselves in a bit of strife with whatever's going on with paying mortgages or whatever, mm. it's, uh, the best thing is to put your hand up before the, 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 the actual stuff hits the fan. And there's it's a good point, Greg, because um, the way that the homeless agencies are set up is as a crisis response. Yeah. But it does all happen at the time that people are most stressed, um, which is of concern. Mm. Um, the money's not put into early intervention and support as much. Um, so, and, and that's what the whole the homeless society is heading towards. That we're trying to prevent. Yeah. Mm. It's prevention in all regards. We had our program last week was on. Um, overdose awareness and the, the mm. idea is we know that people are going to be using mm. uh, alcohol and other drugs and we just want them to use them properly but and we want to prevent 
the overuse mm. or the abuse. Um, the same as if people are starting to feel, they know you can feel well ahead of time or you know well ahead of time that you, you're heading for a pitfall or a downfall or whatever else. You need to put your hand up a bit earlier than when once the, it does hit the fan. Mm, yeah, I see what you mean. But uh, well, yeah, I suppose you? if it is family violence, there may not be the warnings and those signs. No. Um, you know, women are always the best expert of their own experience and to keep themselves safe. But um, if you're at that crisis point where um, you are needing to leave and you've decided to leave, and sometimes that can take quite a while to get mm. to that point, and you contact agencies only to learn that there's challenges in how they can help you, um, often, and it's unfortunate, but women might return then to the perpetrator because, because he there's loves no me. other options for housing to be able to leave safely at that time. Mm. Yeah. But when if police are involved, are they not able to <coughs> remove the the perpetrator rather than? You mentioned that you're going to have somebody from the local police yeah, station I'll come next week. Yeah, with them But there's something that's called an exclusion order that if police are called to a property now under the Family Violence Act, that police can exclude the perpetrator from the property if they're seeing that there's a risk to her or to the children, that that same risk may not be shared by everybody in the household, then yes, they can take out what's called an exclusion order to remove him from the property. Which is a far better result than having the wife out on a pat or out on her own or the wife and the children out of the home with nowhere to go, sleeping in the car or whatever, which we know happens. Yeah, and I suppose um, something too consider is that it's not always safe for all women and children to remain in the home and for him to be removed mm. that it depends on um, what her experience might be so in some instances yep makes sense um, but then how does a woman who's um, he might have been on a hundred thousand and she's caring for kids how does she then make the mortgage payments or the rental payments um, on her own mm. I mean there are some some options um, there's just been some changes to um, to some laws this, uh, that a uh, woman in that circumstance, if it was in private rental property, say, can apply to um, VCAT, the Victorian Civil Administrative Tribunal, to have him removed from the lease and renegotiate, say, a shorter term lease. But she's still responsible for that lease and the landlord's still going to seek um, market value for it that she may not be able to afford. So, yep, there is some changes that are being made, um, but... In every instance, I don't know that one response can cater to everybody's needs. No, well, it's always going to be the same thing. Everything's got to be taken as yeah. the value it is at the period of time or at that point of time. Yeah, and to listen to what it is that somebody might be experiencing for themselves and that just one flat response in all instances may not be um, what's needed. And, and now that I think people are talking up about well, violence or the stuff that's happening within the home, people are now more more uh, forthright. Mm. Um, are we having the appropriate people trained appropriately to be able to handle the... or the appropriate number of people? That's another problem, mm. uh, to be able to handle the influx that's going on. I know that we're now getting, like, with the cars, the centre against sexual assault, it gets more people reporting now. It's not necessarily that there are more assaults, but it's just that people are saying this is unacceptable, I need to talk about it and I talk about it now. Yes, um, and in fact uh, Barwon, which is including Barwon 
is a pilot site for uh, something that's called the Orange Door that's had some publicity. So there's five yeah. pilot sites across the state. And that's one of the recommendations out of um, the Family Violence Royal Commission is that there's a visible spot for people to be able to, to call into to discuss their experiences. And the model is about holding perpetrators accountable for their actions. Um, so the Orange Door is here in Colac also. Um, and the... Um, Where is it in Colac? Well, there's not a visible sort of walk-in point in Colac. Okay, um, but the referrals come from the Orange Door in Geelong. Yep. And I can't recall, I'm sorry to be able to say, um, but I do feel like I need to give one number when I mention the Orange Door, is um, 1-800-RESPECT. So that's the statewide um, support number for any woman who's experiencing family violence or thinks that there might be um, a discussion. Often women might talk and say, I'm not sure whether this is actually mm. right or not, and um, then might be at different stages before they can name it as I'm experiencing family violence or they're not quite ready, but that 1-800-RESPECT is the number to call there. And I'll mention too that... Um, I attended uh, an information session on a new service as part of the Family Violence Royal Commission on Monday, and that service is called um, With Respect, and um, so that number is um, 1-800-LGBTIQ. Oh, so um, it's a new service that has begun um, to reflect the disproportionate levels of uh, violence that people in the LGBTIQ community experience. Um, so the service is available mm. to anybody within the community or, uh, or family members. And that number, uh, I'm not sure what it translates to be on a keypad, but it's 1-800-LGBTIQ. Um, and they are available Monday to Friday in business hours and I think it was Wednesday evenings and Saturdays and Sundays um, to be able to talk through because there are particular sort of experiences for the LGBTIQ community of biophobia, homophobia and transphobia that um, make it even more difficult to be able to talk about experiences of um, intimate and family violence. Mm. I'm just trying to look that up. I actually, uh, what is it? L, L is five. With respect, LGBTIQ. Yeah. L five four That's what it works out to be, does it? Yep. Mm. Terrific. Um, and then yes, uh, it literally uh, today is Wednesday, isn't it? Yes. Uh, this new service starts today. Oh, fabulous! Yeah. 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 Um, so we've got some really proactive stuff happening. Mm. There's a lot that has come out of the Family Violence Royal Commission that has meant that um, there's a great deal more services um, and available options for people in family violence. Um, it's the first bit of money and, and real injection of money for the last two decades. And there is a proportion of that that has some housing that's attached but no direct housing. So part of that reform is that um, each one of the secure refuges across the state is being refurbished. Um, and there, I think there's one additional secure refuge that's in the Mildura area that hadn't been there before. Um, 
so yes but one of the challenges is with the reforms um, that it does mean that yes with increasing visibility conversations about um, who to access you know one in three women experience family violence at some point in their life um, then when you're contacting and if there's not housing attached and you're at a point where you're wanting to leave it can just reinforce mm. those um, limited range of options and women may be forced to return to perpetrators in that instance. We're going to have to start winding up. I want to give those numbers out again um, for Salvo Connect in Geelong, but it's also, it encompasses here, so you, you, it's only down the track. It's 5223-9220. We're looking at the adult entry point. Is it one eight hundred? Eight two five nine double five, and Bow and Child Youth and Family for their youngins who need help. As five or the under twenty fives is five two, three one, four seven four zero. I'll put the one eight hundred respect and the LGBTI as well into the uh, the blog, Rebecca. Thank you. Now we know part of homelessness, and we had about we've had AA people. Our friends came in from we talked about Alcoholics Anonymous. A little while back, I'm just reminding people that um, Thursday at 7.30 at uh, St Andrews Hall in Hesse Street, you can just rock along there, just go and say good day for an hour, you don't have to talk or anything else, but uh, if you've got a problem with alcohol, a lot of times the uh, mental health aspect of homelessness and uh, substance abuses, they go hand in hand, Rebecca, and we're, uh, we're going to be talking about Mental Health Week next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I dare say we'll touch on those points as well. We can mention what happens with homelessness in terms of mental health. Mary Voss is going to be coming in. Um, we're going to have a couple of programs on Mental Health Week, which runs from October the 7th to the 13th, with uh, Mary and whoever else she can bring in, so as we can talk about those issues. And that should be good next week. Mm. We're going to go out with another one of your tracks. I'm not sure what you're going to pick for us. Rebecca, but whatever it is, you can go for it and let me know. All right. Um, um, yeah, we've told everyone who's <laughs> going to be in. I'll just thank you, Ed, for being here today as well. It's a pleasure. Um, where you've been on Community Connect with Rebecca Callahan, um, who is the uh, Bar and Southwest Homelessness Networks Coordinator. And you, do you want a phone number for yourself at all, Rebecca, to be given out, or how do we contact you? Is there an email? Uh, and all the W something rather for your mob? Well, it's, it's a tricky one because I, my role is the coordinator of the homelessness network, mm. but I don't work directly with people that might be experiencing homelessness. I just I, I primarily support the agencies that do the work. So there isn't a contact number for me. Okay, so we've got all the relevant detail, but I'm sure you'll find out more about it if, you want to, if you're really interested. Look, you've been with Ed Weiner and Greg McHenry on Community Connect, and I'm going to ask... Rebecca hit the button round about now we'll talk to you again next week